All right, Ross, I need you to find dogs, flyers, paper, whatever we need. We need it now, and we need to find it fast. Is Caleb gone again? Yeah, he is gone again. Yes, he is very much He's not gone here. again. And I'm very worried about our baby boy. We need we back, to find him. We back. We need to get him. We back. But Caleb not back. Caleb not back. Caleb, Caleb needs to be found to get back. <laughs> Caleb need to got, Caleb got back, but now Caleb not back. You're, you're what? I think BPP, you're, you're breaking. BPP got back. But that, Caleb not back. Caleb not back. Everything is fine, but Caleb not back. Caleb not back. So, Ross, what do we do for in order to get Caleb back? Um, well, I mean, for now, we're going to do what we did while he was on paternity leave, and the two of us are just going to talk about movies by ourselves without Caleb. I mean, I thought we were just going to replace him with a Muppet. Uh, we can't afford a Muppet, Dylan. You yes, know that. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We'll Muppets are not in the budget. We'll call It'll it be the Muppets. We, we'll, we'll get the Muppets. No, a no. Muppet. It's a sock we'll get, Muppet. We're gonna get the Muppets. No, fuck the Muppets. They're let's not get worth our Dave time. Dave Grohl in here. <laughs> I thought I just thought about that. No, um, let's leave him out of this. He's yes, done. But what um, what show is Dave Grohl not going to be appearing on anytime soon, Dylan? <laughs> Bullshit. We'll get him on the Vince Fisher podcast. Here we back, baby. Welcome back, finally, after a one-month hiatus to the Binge Picture Podcast. I am your host, Ross Benbenek, joined by... Hi, guys, I'm Caleb Weed. Um, no, no, you're not. Shut no. the fuck up. <laughs> I dare speak his likeness. I dare. <laughs> How um... dare you stand where he stood. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just a zombie in the corner. Uh, Dylan's here, what's up? <laughs> Yes, you are the zombie in the corner, and this is the only podcast on the internet ever. Um, and ever. And we talk about movies every week. And um, we're, uh, every we're turning... week, where did the month of January? Except go? for the month of January, twenty twenty three, when we took a break because we felt like it because we were all tired. It's 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 been a rough years. It's it's only been one month, and yet it's yeah, only but... been a month. What the fuck? Yeah, Baywatch twenty twenty three got canceled. So um, we'll do a Baywatch. We'll do Baywatch someday. But um, for now, we're please retur- tell me you, are- didn't, you didn't put out like advertisement shit for. I think I put out one. Oh God, the <laughs> then- one, the one humans disappointed in the corner. I know, like our three Instagram followers are very upset. But um, <laughs> uh, we are officially back. And we, to to um, celebrate our return, we're watching probably, I, mean, I think it's safe to say, one of the best film trilogies of all time. I mean, yeah, yeah they're collectively very nice. They are and collectively, individually fantastic. Yes, they are collectively very, very, very good. And that trilogy, Dylan, is British director Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy. Three movies that have nothing to do with each other plot-wise. Just but, the same cast, same things all the time. Same director, same cast, um, same general spoofiness of uh, genre flicks. And we are starting off this week with the first movie in the Cornetto trilogy, 2004's Shaun of the Dead, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It follows um, what Wikipedia calls him downtrodden salesperson, sh- uh, Sean. I like the Wikipedia. No, it's I, not, I like it's that. Not, it's not downtrodden. It's the average sales worker. 
He is just, you can just get rid of downtrodden and just call him service industry employee and we get the picture. <laughs> right. Um, it, it follows Sean as he uh, navigates the zombie apocalypse with his slacker buddy, Ed, his girlfriend, Liz, and his mom and his stepdad and a handful God, of other friends. <laughs> R.I.P. Bill Nye, man. Bill Nye. Oh, is it Nighy or Nighy? I, like, don't I don't give know. a fucky. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's Shaun of the Dead. Dylan, do you want to start us off with talking about Shaun of the Dead? So something I particularly like is one, we're gonna get into this with the Cornetto trilogy a lot, it's just its general atmosphere and aura about it. It's mm-hmm. definitely something like kind of lost in today's kind of um market. Instead of just wider appeal to everyone, it's the um the style of it all speaks to itself. The genre, like and how it makes fun of the genre, but also compliments it at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's very, it, I mean, Shaun of the Dead, obviously a play on horror movies. And once we get to them, obviously hot fuzz action movies and, um, world's end sci-fi. Um, but I think, I mean, Shaun of the Dead at the same time as it, it's at once a really good satire of like zombie horror flicks. But at the same time, it's also one of the best zombie movies ever made. And I think that speaks to it as just being like this kind of caliber of movie, this kind of um, way it does it. Because like you, you, there's always like the random spoof movies will get to the end of time. Like, and I'm talking about like, um, oh, what are they? The, the spooky movies or like the scary movies? Oh, the scary, uh, yeah, scary, yeah, scary movie, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where one's cute, two's okay, and everything else is just fucking annoying afterwards. Um, but this one does it by not necessarily bashing on the genre and it's like tropes but embracing it yeah it's like scary movie like scary movie franchise and you know movies of that ilk they are not they are not holding the genre in reverence they are looking at all these tropes and all these things that happen in the genres um that they're spoofing and they make fun of it they're not laughing with it they're laughing at it Whereas Shaun of the Dead, and especially once you get into like Hot Fuzz and the World's End, once you look at all three of them combined, they take a look at the genre that they're in. And yes, they're kind of playing with these tropes, but it's more of a laugh with and kind of subvert expectations to. It's not a, it's not like a spoof. It's more of an homage with a little comedic twist. Yeah, easily. And what's something that people often like? point out and like they go word for word is that it's just really well written like within the first five minutes you know how the movie's going to end because nick frost just goes on a rant about a night and that's the plot of the movie <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um which is another thing i want to like i think that's probably the big thing i want to talk about is how f- smart the screenplay is yeah because it uh, it no oh, continue my brother's no, you go, you go. No, I can wait. I insist, sir. I insist. Uh, you, you insist. Um, but um, basically, I was just going to say, um, I, that's, I think it's just a compliment to how good of a writer Edgar Wright is. And also Simon Pegg, because Simon Pegg co-wrote it with Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar, the whole movie loops back to itself. There are, like you said, when Nick Frost's character Ed describes the plot of the movie. Uh, at the very beginning. And then there's all these little in-jokes that populate the film that just pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up all the way through. Um, 
Sorry, my dog distracted me and got me completely lost on my train of thought. You're good. I'll take over from here. It's <laughs> it's like so a lot of a lot of uh things in today's like market for TV and all that. Like we we were taught this like treat your audience like an idiot or like yes. every, everyone's stupid, right? Like that's what everyone thinks. No, like in my opinion, I think you'll get the best movies with the simplest of writing, which means not pointing out, oh my god, they're like, if two people are fighting and they're like, someone does the heroic speech and they all drop their weapons, like, oh my god, they're understanding it. And it's like, no, not that bad. Um, it's just mm-hmm. like, it, it knows how to make the characters interesting and listenable without making them full fucking cliches. Yeah, like th- there's obviously the cliche of like the re- like kind of like arc- not really cliches, but I guess the archetypes. Like Sean is kind of a reluctant hero, but he's also kind of a bumbling idiot. Everyone's um, a bumbling idiot in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody is kind of, but in a good way. <laughs> no, not in a good way. The bumbling idiots come in in the next movie. I mean, well, Nick Frost. We'll get into it when we get to the world's end and hot fuzz, but I think I meant just hot fuzz. I think I think what Edgar Wright does with specifically Nick um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's characters in all three movies, I think he's a fu- I think he's fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> I, I but um, the, a big thing with um, Shaun of the Dead is this. So this is Edgar Wright's first like movie. Like yeah. this is his first movie. He made a bunch of other stuff, like you know doing the jobs but like this is him just be like my budget my movie my plot go exactly like he had he had extensive experience directing television and writing television with spaced um with simon Pegg and i think nick frost too but this is the first movie he really did and i just think it's incredible how kind of like well executed and like already kind of established feeling his style is because, you know, like when you think of Edgar Wright, you think of those quick cut montages on the mundane activities. You think of the whip pans. You think of just these very stylish edits, the syncing to the music. You think tracking shots. All of that is here in Shaun of the Dead. There are the two awesome tracking shots, the identical two tracking shots of Shaun walking through the street, walking to the store, buying a Cornetto and a Coke, and walking out, you know, and then the repeat of it after the zombie apocalypse happened. And it's just so flawless feeling. I I think it feels a little bit more raw than, say, Hot Fuzz or Scott Pilgrim or especially Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver, in terms of Edgar Wright's, like, style, that might be his most stylistically strong film, even though narratively I don't think it stacks up to like Hot Fuzz. Oh no, Baby Driver has like a very natural like um, I know I'm not, I wanted to say middling plot, but like very basic plot. There's nothing overarching about it or anything. That movie was just built for the editors and the yeah, sound designers. Like, like Baby Driver is like when Edgar Wright reached peak directorial style, like his auteurist style is at its peak. Mm-hmm. But we gotta Baby Driver, ba- we gotta look at the beginning. Yeah, like Baby Driver came out in fucking twenty seventeen. Seven? Oh my god, twenty seventeen. Damn, we're old. We are old. I remember going to see that in theaters. I do um, too. But looking at um, Shaun of the Dead, all that shit is there, and it's not like he's doing it poorly. He's doing it incredibly well, and. 
and I know he had experience with TV, but movies are a different fucking thing. Oh, excuse me. Even then, movies. if it's a different animal, it's still that um, that acumen of caliber of talent that he brought in, mm-hmm. that he honed in over the years. It doesn't matter if you start out making commercials or do anything. As long as you take what you learned, you're going to go kick some goddamn ass. And Edgar Wright just proved his goddamn point. Yeah. Proved also, his point. So Edgar Wright was 29 when they were making this movie. We're almost that old. We are almost as old as Edgar Wright was when he made Shaun of the Dead. We got Dylan. two years. I feel like we can make a good movie. We have two years to make our Shaun of the Dead, Dylan. We got this. I believe in ourselves. We're actually listen. I still want to make civil. I still want to make civil suit. Ron of the shed. <laughs> Ron of I, the shed. I legitimately think there's something like that. I think there's an Americanized version of this movie somewhere, and I. Th- I think it's literally something to do with that. Speaking of Americanized versions of this movie. Wait, is there? I don't know, but um, did this or Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead come out first? Oh, they were relatively close to each other. They were really, they really were close. Really I don't close know. close to each other. I'm, I'm going to Google Research that Research department, go. All right. I firmly believe. So Ross is looking this up in the research department right now. Aging this. Yep, let me finish a bit. Um, aging this information with scientists. I'm going to say that this movie came out after Zack Snyder's movie. Well, they both came out in 2004. I know. I knew that. I knew that. So as Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was March 19th. Shaun of the Dead was... Why am I on Edgar Wright's Wikipedia and not on Shaun of the Dead's? Because you were just staring to Edgar Wright's eyes. Fully captured by his... Oh my god. Dawn of the Dead is ten days older than Shaun of the Dead. Yes! I was right! Ten... Ten days. Ten days. I say say as I hold up two fingers. (laughs) I saw Uh, that, I went... Okay, where are you wrong I, here, buddy? And I bring that up because of the very clear and obvious George Romero um, influence and, in Zack Snyder's case, remake. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it's impossible to talk about a zombie movie without it first mentioning George Romero and, like, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, 30 days something later. else of the dead. 30 what? days later. I mean, 28 days later? Oh yeah, that one. That wasn't that was not George Romero. It I wasn't was speaking... George Romero, but it falls underneath that like purely terrifying zombie shit. Yes, but I was speaking specifically of like Romero, the guy that started it, that got the tropes going, and you know, know. really got the ball rolling with the whole zombie thing. Um, I have not seen Snyder's Dawn of the Dead yet. Um, oh, so wait, uh, you you didn't see Dawn of the Dead? I have not seen Snyder's version, no. It's, so, it does, and I won't lie, it's pretty good. Like, it's, Uh like, it does well for the human, it barely involves any zombies. Like, they're just in a mall, right? They're surrounded, right? Yeah, it's it's a remake of Romero's version. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen Romero's original. And it's a really nice, like, pseudo, kind of, like, replastering of character tropes and, like, Mm -hmm. other shit. Like, they they threw a left field with the character, and I'm like, oh, God, why'd you do that? But, like, it was for, like, the sickening reasons. Not, like, the, not the groaning, but, like, the, Does uh, Zack Snyder throw in his uh, Christ imagery? It's been a while since I've seen the movie, and I don't think so. Okay, because... My initial thought is no. 
Yeah, I don't know because where he'd throw Superman. it in. Superman. Because <laughs> it's not Superman flying in front of the sun after resurrecting himself and making the cross. <laughs> A real subtle, Zach. <laughs> or or when he falls out of the when he falls out of the ship in the form of a cross going back to Earth. To yeah. save Lois. Yeah, real real uh, subtle there, buddy. And the, um, oh god, I get. Do we just want to? <laughs> we're diverting here, real quick. We're, we're diverting. Go, <laughs> we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Christ imagery, real quick. Here you go, kids. I know this is a Shaun the Dead episode, but fifteen minutes. Just give me fifteen minutes to analyze Zack Snyder. <laughs> we we actually made it fifteen minutes in before we started shitting on him. <laughs> Which I don't I don't want to do constantly. He's done some stuff that I do kind of like, and he all, by all accounts he seems like a decent dude. That's good to work with listen if that hasn't stopped us from shitting on many things it's not stopped us from shitting on so many movies so why are you growing a conscience now boy i don't know i don't know uh, um <sighs> it's good to be back man <laughs> it's good to be back are you happy about the chaotic energy oh yes man i missed it uh God, I need you on cut again. But beside the I point, do, not tonight. We'll do no, another one. No, no, it's 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 already late, and oh, I'm yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. exhausted. Oh, I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, oh God, no. So something that this movie also kind of establishes is that there are other characters like this in the in the world. So I like um when they meet, basically their opposites. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're sneaking back to the Winchester and yeah. they meet with uh, what's her face? I forget uh, his name. girl, like an ex of his, or like ex someone slash friend, someone who should have been his romantic interest. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I, I've got the cast list up here. Ah, uh, no. So something that I like is just like again, it's trope push. Yvonne. 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 Okay. Yeah. Again, this movie does, and a lot of Edgar Wright movies do a lot of trope pushing, whether it's the comedic mm. sense or not, or just in the like story sense or like mm. editing sense. Like, yeah, Edgar Wright has never been one to like be categorized as the funny guy or the action guy or anything. He just does whatever the fuck he wants, and I, it shows that he actually has like the true passion and the true love of making movies that stand out and not yes. just for the money. Because every single all he so he's got six feature films to his name and all six of them really they're all different genres and they're all they're all at once really good standalone features in said genre while also being really good homages to said genre. Listen, you always have to pay like the love for a genre, right? You have to give it in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. You can't just be like da, 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 and then like shit on it like five minutes later, right? Mm-hmm. Like, He's not just playing with the tropes. He's playing with our expectations of what they should and are. Should be and are. And then I think the fact that he is so f- filmically literate, cinematically literate, that he knows every little beat that every person going into a specific type of movie expects to see, and he knows exactly what we are expecting and what we think we are supposed to see, and he just twists it just a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't really necessarily push the envelope. He just does whatever the hell he wants to do. (laughs) Except with Hot Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is simply... We'll get into it next, next week. I was going to say, hush hot, your whore mouth. Hot fuzz is flawless, and I'm so excited. You shut your whore mouth. Um, shut it. Shut it, I say. 
Now, Dylan. Ma'am. We do need to talk about the gore in this movie because it's what, going into it, correct. Going into the, you know, I, I, so I hadn't seen, I had seen Shaun of the Dead like three or four times before this, but I have not, mm-hmm. I had not watched it in probably a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And I, every time I watch it, I forget how good the gore effects are. Well, yeah, because it's before this kind of like, um, after effects, put blood splatter here, go from there and like all that. They're like, here's some pop. Bang. Here, here is some goop and a plaster body. Make it work. Right. Um, cause Dave, the, when David's death, when he, like they're digging into his stomach and pulling the God. shit out, ah. that makes my stomach churn every like, time. That was like old school kind of, um, walking dead right there. Mm-hmm. And or the like act- what inspired walking dead. Yeah. And the actor really sells that too with his facial expressions. Like he is selling it. Oh yeah. You have to in that moment. You're just, you're being eaten alive. Ross, you can lightly bite on your arm right now, and your body tells you, no, don't do that, obviously. But it's, but it still hurts. Yeah, my body told me to stop. <laughs> God, imagine having to, like, bite your own finger off. Like, it's just as much as a carrot, but you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you got, it's a mental hurdle. Yeah. Every t- every once in a while, I'll think of that, and I'll just kind of stick my fingy <laughs> in my mouth, and I'll be like, can I do it? And then I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> If Gollum can do it, what can't we? Well, that was not Gollum's finger. My watch tells me it's time to drink some water, but I don't have any water next to me. Well, you're going to die of dehydration. You're dehydrating. (laughs) That's what my mouth fucking feels like, man. I'm so thirsty. You're so thirsty. Um... Also, another, another, uh, again, another, it's really kind of a common occurrence across the Cornetto trilogy. Edgar Wright really, really nails, um kind of the evolving like growing up and being a mature adult i think is a really good theme across like um edgar wright's movies because we see it with sean struggling to move past his friend struggling to move past and then also ultimately accepting his friendship with ed because ed's kind of the slacker that everybody says is holding him back from his childhood and then um we see the maturation process of Danny and Hot Fuzz, and then the whole, the, literally all of the world's end is what that's about. <laughs> I mean, that's, of course, like, because, let's be honest, being adult's bullshit. But I also, but, yes. being, but being a lazy slob is worse. <laughs> being, a wor- being a working adult sucks. It but really also, does. being a lazy slob adult is so much worse. It is. Like, there's nothing, like, wrong with working a little bit, but I feel like your man needs to do more with itself. I just, you know what? I just want to take a nap. Is that so hard, corporate America? Can we it not is... take naps? All I want is company-sanctioned nap time. I deserve it. You, we all do. We all do. Um, Run, vote for Ross in 2028. Yeah. Ben Benick Bates in 2026. <laughs> We're declaring our run now. It's too put late. It you're off. You're, you're in. You're, it's it, too late. I'm in. <laughs> put it in a time capsule. Throw it out. No, the thing I'm confused by is why are we in 2026? We got two years because, before the president. Because 2026 is the next presidential election. No, 2020. No. I, I did 2024. 2020, I skipped oh, that. Sh- I skipped that to 2028. 
you're right you're right i was getting my mid i was getting my midterms and my regular terms all mixed up but no as you were saying <laughs> but we are going to run for president in 2026 we're just going to be on the campaign trail and we're just going to be like it's not even it's not even that season <laughs> can, can we but we're going to be out there campaigning do, we're gonna, anyway we're going to do that bit i want us to do a vlog of that now it'll be a tim heidecker-esque <laughs> campaign <laughs> documentary if we don't do this i think like all three of our instagram people are gonna find us um but i digress you say that like they're not bots dylan hush child (laughs) um no it's just really fun the way that like edgar wright approaches the idea of growing up and like like we'll get into in hot buzz but like the punishment for it or like the lack of joy you know what i mean i'll we'll get into mm. it later and in this one it's the opposite reverse of just like this is what happens when you just don't do anything yeah because i mean sean yeah he's he's got a job he's got a girlfriend he's seemingly got a life but he is a slacker yeah he is a huge slacker and this movie is about him not just finding himself but learning to accept how he has grown and accept everything around him as is. Yeah, because he, even throughout the entire movie, he's just fine going through the motions and all that. He mm-hmm. never really shows any kind of like spark or drive or anything like that. He does eventually. But that's at the end. Yes. And that's one of the hurdles he has to overcome. And then we get that heartbreaking scene where Danny's already, or not Danny, Danny is in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But when Ed has been bitten by the zombies and they're in the basement. And he just, I like how he just jumps down. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. it, it's just funny. It's just and they're really. just, they're saying their goodbyes mm-hmm. and they have this really, really heartfelt moment. And then <laughs> Ed's like, Sean, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Sean. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> just ripping ass. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so another fun bit about this movie surprise martin freeman there's always a surprise martin freeman in all these there should be a surprise martin freeman in every movie <laughs> every, every movie made they should just sprinkle a little bit of marty freeman in there that was the, it was the first of two martin freeman surprise movies i've seen this weekend what's the what are the other two i want I, well this was the first of two i want the second one was wakanda forever because i was not expecting them to bring back martin freeman did you know that we need white people <laughs> we have to connect our <laughs> bullshit universe everywhere somehow so we're bringing back martin freeman and guess what he was married to elaine bennis me just in the background of who cares it was fine it was fine it was too long but it was fine I enjoyed it. The acting was good until acting it was. Good. I, I, I the like acting was great until the like, until the plot stopped. Uh, you mean that music video ask sequence when Shuri was underwater in the city? And then, yes, that, looked, that was some bullshit music video ass like <laughs> looking shit. It was so bad. No, that's when that's when it's like come to this underwater city on your next vacation. Yeah, exactly. So that 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 is. The that is it's their it's Namor's, their uh, tourism company. That's their tourism commercial, but I, I like Namor. He he rocked. Angela oh, yeah. Bassett was good. No, Angela Bassett got an award. She deserved it. A, a, no award nomination. And did she win the Golden Globe? I don't I know. Who gives a shit about won. the Golden Globes? All right, Golden, back to it. Golden, Golden Globes suck ass. But anyways, um, so Dylan, I, I Dylan, it's our first episode back. I say we don't overstrain ourselves this week. 
Nah, we got a we got a vibe. We just got to move. We got a vibe. And um, our vibes for next week are going to be really fucking fun, man. Oh, they're going to be utterly fantastic. But I think closing thoughts and maybe ratings? Closing thoughts? Um, Shaun of the Dead is probably my third favorite Edgar Wright movie out of six. Um, but do not, do, do not confuse that for me thinking it's lesser than any other movies, dear listener. It is still a nine and a half out of ten in my book. Um, Shaun of the Dead... Um, flawless send up of like horror zombie movie tropes. Um, great, great, great writing from Wright and Peg. Edgar Wright's direction, I think, is a little bit more raw than like Hot Fuzz and his later movies, but like you can tell the dude's going places. And his, I, I can't stress this enough, it's so impressive how it's his first feature film, and he is so in tune with what he wants to do and his control over the whole production. Like it, I can't say enough it, good things. Edgar Wright's my favorite working filmmaker right now, and I don't know. I think Bong Joon Ho is probably the only person that's close. Um. So basically, what it really is is just like you're right. It, like this is what happens when you trust artists, when you trust people with a vision, a style, and a direction. You don't just get copy cutty cookie cutter movies. Um, copy coo copy copy cutter listen, cookie I, I, I didn't, cookie i didn't cut, stop i just went going cutting cookies going. cutting copy Ooh. no so like it's just like Cats. this this shows and i hope people recognize that if you have a director with style panache and good writing you can put out great movies and you can do something but then again we live in money world so never mind i think it's really just a good example of the studio gives a director money and then fucks off and lets him do what he wants <laughs> Here's a mil- here's a hundred million dollars. Go have fun, kid. Well, uh, actually, they gave him six point one million dollars. <laughs> you know, that, listen, you and I could make a lot of things, and it made thirty million, so it made five times his budget. It was a decent little success. Three and a half times his budget, because remember, at the at the at the um the marketing. Mar- yeah, marketing doesn't get factored into budget, but yeah. Um. So. That wraps up Shaun of the Dead. Dylan, what do we have on t- on tap for next? Why do I keep hiccuping? What do we have on tap for next week? Well, I know what we have on tap for next week, but you didn't. As for my rating. What is your rating, Dylan? You don't deserve it. You is it a nine? have hurt me. I can't, may I guess what it was? You may try. May I guess? Okay, of I'm going to say you gave it eight broken vinyl records. Okay. Keep going. Seven, seven zombies impaled on spikes. Okay. So 8.7. Mm-hmm. Three pool cues used to beat an old man to death. Jesus Christ. I which we didn't even talk about. Why the, didn't we, we talk about We didn't even scene. talk about the Don't Stop Me Now scene. <laughs> it's the most hyped thing it ever. That, it's just it's so just, funny that it's just like. It's not even like glorified violence. Like it's just literally whack, 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 whack. It's, it's whack a mole. Looney Tunes violence. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's Looney Tunes violence set to Queen, and that shows that. I mean that that is that convinces me that he had Baby Driver on the mind from the beginning. Oh, 100 percent. The man, um, the man knows what's up. But do you want me to fit, cut you off? Yes. Um, nine. Oh. Zombies. Nine zombies. Three. Uh. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost fanfics. Uh-huh. Uh, seven um, shotguns are firing. 
seven shotguns firing and five final discs five broken records what'd you think of what my little oh it's delightful i liked it a lot (laughs) what what do you want from me I thought I thought you I I thought you might have accidentally stopped recording, and then it was like no, oh, I've, no I haven't stopped recording. We haven't talked about what episode. We haven't talked. Oh yeah, about, we're like, gonna what? watch Hot Fuzz. Fuzz Hot. We're gonna watch Hot Fuzz. What's the American version name of that called? Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's just Hot Fuzz. No, it's British. It's like British slang. I don't fucking know, man. Well, they get learned by next episode, you bitch. All right, but Dylan. Before we watch Hot Fuzz, there's one more thing we need to do. Oh, no. Take car, go to Mums, kill Phil, <laughs> grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all of this to blow over. <laughs> That's what we're going to do this week, folks. We recommend you do the same. <laughs> Why didn't we talk about that scene? This movie's just so fucking good. There's so much to talk about. 